0: Thanks for listening. Appreciate you being here. Follow me over on Spotify. That's where the new podcast is. That's where you can find me. That's where we can connect and you'll see all new future episodes. The link is below or you can just jump over to Spotify and search "Grow with Kobe. And now let's get rolling with the next episode. Welcome to Grow with Kobe. Listen, this is a podcast that can help us navigate in a more skilled way the life that's in front of us as Parents, partners, individuals, professionals, whatever applies to you. And if we can understand the skills it will help us to create as little collateral damage as possible, if we can focus on the things that will get us to the place where we wanna go, if we have mindfulness of the skills, we can seriously understand who we are, which means we can better connect with the people who are around us. So come with me. This is gonna be raw. It will be unfiltered. It will be vulnerable. We'll talk about successes. We'll talk about miserable failures. But most importantly, you're going to get authenticity from me and from all my guests. So come on, come with me. Let's all go together. Okay, guys, I want to welcome you to this new episode. Uh, I'm really excited for what this episode is going to be because of my guest. I have my very, very dear friend, Nate Farnsworth, who... Um, is not only an incredible friend, but also um, this is the guy who always searches for the next mountain to climb. No matter if it's in business or personal life, that's just who Nate is. Um, He's been uh, a dear friend with me for a long time, but Nate has a really interesting perspective. Um, Not only about the topic for today, which is talking about dealing with discomfort in life, but Nate has has demonstrated in his life his ability to not only face discomfort, face pain, but also push through it in in a successful way. And um, whether that's getting his MBA while he's got you know young young kids and working a full time job, um, whether he's leading his own company, which he is currently, um, Nate's just Nate's just been a great friend, but also a really great. For me personally, a really great example of sitting in the discomfort, facing it, and knowing I'm going to be okay. So, Nate, super glad to have you here. Um, Just real quick. Yeah, just uh, let people know again, just briefly an overview of you as far as work is concerned. And um, I guess we'll call it uh, your athletic endeavors (laughs) that you've had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of the spectrum of things.
1: Yeah. So, um, currently I am the president and uh, CEO of factory six. We are a white label CBD and contract manufacturer. So we create CBD products and other nutritional supplements, um, very entrepreneurial. Um, this is probably now the the third or fourth company that that we have started and and are uh, in the process of selling. Um, Kobe and I met in what was it? 2011 or so 2012. Yeah, um, back at a, at a uh, back at a company where we sat next to each other and got to uh, uh, make fun of each other a little bit, both <laughs> each other. but also um, as you guys, you know, if you've listened to the uh, to this podcast, you know, like Kobe is incredibly insightful and I, I learned so much. Early on, working with him, and it just continued to uh, to build our our relationship, our friendship, since. then. so, it's, it's, Dude, uh, not, it's not, thanks for having me on. I'm not totally sure that's accurate, but I'll take that
0: for what you said. So, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. and, and you guys will see this. Nate Nate has a beautiful way of giving giving any person, not just me, but any person, the right sized carrot, just far enough in front of them. To spur curiosity, and I think you'll see that as this conversation unfolds, <laughs> which is which is really brilliant because it's like, hey, I don't care when and if you have this carrot, but just think about this little carrot right here, and it's not that far in front of you. So when you're ready, there it is. Um, which honestly has been has been a fantastic experience for me personally. But um, okay, so Nate, let's talk. Let's talk specifically about the um, the running, the cycling. I I really need to add the the appropriate adjective, Nate, which is the extreme nature of cycling and running that you have um,
1: experienced in life. Yeah, so uh, I I should probably preface this to say that uh, there are far and away much more uh, extreme athletes than what I have ever been. Um, But that being said, there are also a lot of, there are a lot of people that are much less athletes uh that's not the wrong way to say that's a that's a horrible way to say that (laughs) you know we've all got our thing that's our you know that's our our everest our our mountain to climb right and um so what i've been able to do so far in my life and what i what i'd love to do in my life um to some athletes out there may seem like it's no big deal um but to some people you know uh probably quite a few people here, uh, listening this to guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me, uh, they're, they're unfathomable. And, um, so, um, probably preface this in, in high school, I, I played sports, like most kids, nothing mm-hmm. really that, cr- that crazy. I wasn't the star of anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, m- middle of the pack across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, into college and in the first few years of working, I, uh, I, I just kind of let myself go. And probably in uh, 2007 or so, the company that I was working for at the time, they, uh, they said, hey, guys, we're going to do this uh, Ragnar relay. And if you don't know what the Ragnar relay is, it's a, it's a relay race where you have a team of 12 and each individual runner um, runs three, se- um, three separate occasions kind of sequentially um, for the total of 180 to 220 miles or so like that. So, um, that's the whole team does that. So any, any runner can run, you know, maybe 10 miles on the low end over three, three legs to maybe 20 something miles over three legs. And just kind of depends on what you're, uh, what you get and what, what course you get and whatnot anyway. Um, and I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. I've wanted to be, to get back into running it and get, uh, get in shape again. And, and, So I started training for that and completely fell in love with, with running again, just didn't know what I didn't know what, what I was missing. And, um, and it's strange. I did one of those couch to 5k um, programs. I don't know what that is. If you're, if you're ever starting to run, if you haven't been running for a, for a while, it's, it's a phenomenal program. There are a bunch of different versions of it, but it's a couch to 5k. It's basically a map on how to go from sitting and being a couch potato to running a 5k. And depending on what what time frame you have they they have courses do that so if you have a month which i wouldn't recommend but if you have a month (laughs) that'll say hey in a month to go to running a 5k you need to do these are the days and the mileage and the workouts you're going to be doing but most of them are 60 to 90 days so it's not too bad but anyway i I fell in love with it i was like i was super excited for this uh this thing um did the run and just got into it and just kept running just loved it um had some stuff happen to where I was starting to get some injuries and whatnot. I wasn't listening to my body, wasn't paying attention to what my body was telling me. And even though I, I do, you know, the kind of the whole point of the podcast that we're talking about here is really um, sitting in the discomfort um, a couple of years into to my running. Uh, I wasn't listening to my body. I was mm-hmm. pushing through, pushing through the pain and uh, it caused me some injuries and I had to, essentially stop running and train myself how to run again. Uh, it was a fun process, uh, but I had to train myself to listen to my body. Um, and what was that like?
0: That sounds, I mean, I mean, anybody can like push through, you know, pain and so forth, but what, but physically, like what were you experiencing when, cause you've got an extraordinary tolerance for pain and discomfort. So yeah. what was it that you, what was your body saying? that you were either not aware of or just pushing to the side just pushing through
1: yeah and and i think you can i mean you can obviously make a good a good lesson out of this but what it what was going on was i um because of the way i got into running um i i bought these really cool they were there're these adidas like super foamy something or others i don't remember what they're called but they uh-huh. were like just Super thick foam, and the problem that was going on was I wasn't out my gate. The way that I was running, I would reach out and I would heel strike. I would land on my heel with pretty much my whole leg extended. And you can do that for a little while, and there's not going to be an issue. But if you do that mile after mile, if you're putting on 20 miles a week or more of of training miles, then what happens is the joints in your your knees and your hips start just taking a pounding because they're taking right. all the they're taking all the force and what was happening was i was relying on 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 my on my shoes to cushion my my gait, cushion my, my my step Ooh, that's interesting right so i wasn't using if you will my god-given body to to learn how to run which we've been running for you know thousands and millions of years but yeah. i was using this man-made foam to do it. And so what would happen is I was putting in a bunch of miles every week. And then after a few months of, 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 of kind of training and whatnot, I would end up being able to run maybe a mile before my hip and my knees would just hurt so bad oh, that I man. couldn't and so what I ended up having to do, I, I read this book by Chris McDougall called Born to Run. Love that book. If, if you haven't read it and you want to run, it will make you absolutely want to run. And it talked about how the, uh, um, you know, for, for thousands or, you know, millions of years, however you want to look at it, humans have been natural runners. And the, uh, the Tarahumara Indians from nor- northern Mexico, that's, uh, um, they would run hundreds of miles with pretty much just little flip-flops. And they would, they could just cruise and they could just go. Right. Wow. Um, and so I thought, you know, what, I, I needed, I need to get back to that. So I bought myself some, uh, some barefoot style shoes, not the ones with the little toes. Those always still freak me out. Uh, but just, <laughs> just pretty much there was no, there was no padding in these shoes. and And I started running in the mountains with, with these shoes. And at first it was painful because your, your feet have all these bones and muscles that we typically don't use because we have, padded shoes. We have boots with heels or high heels and stuff. And we were used to using completely different muscles. So the first few, um, by the first two months I would be running where I was used to running before, uh, 20 miles a week, I was running maybe five. Oh, wow. And my, uh, all, all the muscles in my feet and my calves hurt. Um, but you could, I could tell it was a good, a muscle hurt, you know, like
0: uh, yeah, when yeah. you get,
1: get into lifting and it's a, it's a soreness, not a pain.
0: Yeah. Very and I knew distinction.
1: I, yeah. And, and I could tell that I was building muscles. Um, and it was funny because it was kind of at that point after that, that soreness, after that pain that I really started getting back into loving to run. Um, mm-hmm. and if, if you've ever tried running and you've never hit that <laughs> loving to run, uh spot yours truly um, yeah yeah we've tried it's not for lack of the trying old, yeah we <laughs> gave it the old college try that's for sure but but to really get to that point where you enjoy running uh in my opinion you have to comfortably be able to run probably five five miles or so because it's only after the first two to three miles of running that your body kicks in the the endorphins the um uh, um uh, that Ceratoma. runner's high, yeah, that runner's high, um, really kicks in, and and you can start forgetting about it, um, forgetting about the 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 pain that's going on. Uh, I'm with you. Okay, so that's clearly the thing that I
0: never entirely experienced <laughs> because <laughs> it was uh, yeah, <laughs> there was never yeah. a, a love that that developed. But I think maybe just more like, a, <laughs> I, I for everybody who who does it well most people don't know Nate and I trained for a half marathon for months and months and months all through the summer. And, uh, it was, it was fantastic, but <laughs> I was never, I, I never quite got there, but, um, we ran like I was going to. And, uh, yeah. but, but it was a good experience. It was a good experience and it did teach me a lot. And, I remember Nate specifically talking about all of the indicators, you talking about all the indicators in my body um, in terms of being able to keep a proper cadence with my uh, with my gait in terms of how my foot was striking the ground. I, I, I vividly remember you saying, hey, look, those shoes, you don't want it. Those shoes, you're going to need to get some new shoes because those ones aren't going to serve you. But I also remember you talking about my heart rate. I remember you talking about, breathing. Um, there were all these other indicators that went into running that I had no idea about. And that education for me, Nate was really important to, um, I guess, to, to more fully appreciate the experience and understand and pay attention to my body. I mean, I heard, I I felt the pain of course, but I wasn't able to decipher, um, the different variations of, of it through the process of
1: running. Yeah, the difference between it being real pain, hey, you stop, you're going to hurt yourself. And hey, this is a soreness that by pushing through, you'll alleviate yeah. o- over time. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny that, y- that you mentioned that. So I think at the time, we were both going through very different situations in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a, a pretty good physical uh, um, place. Mm -hmm. But mentally and emotionally, I was wrecked. I just gone through a a pretty rough, pretty rough breakup. And you were emotionally in a pretty good place. But physically, you had uh, struggled and especially wanting to get this, this, uh, um, this, this half marathon off your kind of bucket list, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. It was cool because we would get up, you know, a couple times a week early in the morning and we'd go, we'd go for a run. Sometimes it was short, you know, uh, five miles or less. And, and the, there are a couple times where we would get up to eight or nine miles. I think we, yeah. uh, I don't know if we ever end up getting 11 miles on our training, but I we end up going quite, quite a way. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. There's one of the things that I've found is I, as I push my body mm-hmm. more and more to do, to do things. Is you have to be able to slightly disconnect your brain from your body, okay. and I think it works both ways. Because going through that, my brain was, and my my maybe my heart or my spirit were were really struggling at the time, and I but I could run a half a half a marathon no problem with you. yeah yeah. So while I was trying to disconnect my brain from my body you were trying to disconnect your body from your brain because it was your body that was suffering in that, and that you were really pushing and you're really trying to trying to uh, extend that, that ability there. And it worked out really well as, because with with our training and being kind of partners there is that we could go ahead and have a conversation and um, the conversation that we would have while we were running, was beneficial to me because it took my mind off the shit that I was going through. Sorry, totally. and I don't know if you have to good. mute that. It's or, all, no, <laughs> or um, and it would take, the conversation would take your mind off of your body and the pain that it was going mm-hmm, through. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, uh, that's one of the things that I have found, whether it's um, working towards, you know, during training sessions or actually events and whatnot, that ability to kind of disconnect is is incredibly helpful and having a partner that that you can kind of do that with was was helpful in our situation oh dude
0: it helped me enormously like enormously so how how would you say nate in those in those moments when and, and i'll kind of share my experience but you've had way more experience um way more time on the road both in the saddle on a bike but also running how would you stay focused when it was really hard what when, when, like mentally focused yeah. when you, when your body was like screaming at you not because of injury I guess maybe because of but
1: but primarily just because of the discomfort yeah and um, I think that's an interesting phenomenon that your your body does and it's um, the the more you focus on, the pain, the more you focus on the act of one foot in front of the, one foot in front of the other one pedal stroke at a time. You know, if, if you're long distance swimming is one, arm, one stroke at a time, the more you focus on that, the more difficult the whole process becomes. So you have to be able to get to a point where you're not thinking about the step. You're not okay. thinking about the distance. You're, you're thinking about not necessarily something else, but you have to let your mind wander. And the, the more you focus on it, the more it becomes an intense, uh, an intense thing. It's like, um, um, it's like, I, I grew up on a, I grew up on a, on an orchard and on a farm and we used to drive a tractor and, uh, or I used to drive a we like there's multiple. of me. <laughs> Okay. So, um, and you know, in, in the spring you'd, you'd plow your field and, and, and you, you'd, uh, you, you'd break out your plow and, and you'd make rows for your, to plant your, your vegetables or your, your wheat or whatever. We were, we were mostly vegetables for us. Um, and the, there's this idea that if you look at the front end of your tractor at the, the front of your tractor and you try to make a straight row, you're going to zigzag the crap out of that. Right. Mm. It, but if you look way far out in the distance and you look at a, a post way far out in the distance, you're going to have a straight line because you're not making course corrections based off of two, two, you know, two yards uh, in front of you, you're making yeah. it off of 200 yards or so. Right. And so when you're running like that, you've got kind of the same concept that um, if you're focused on the, the two steps that you have in the next, you know, two seconds or getting around the corner on, uh, on your bike or whatnot, yeah. if you're focused on that and, it's going to be the same grind grinding and grinding and grinding it's going okay. to be repetitive and monotonous and boring but if you start thinking about hey i'm going to go for a 4 to 5 hour bike ride i'm not worried about the next 5 minutes i'm not worried about how many sips of of my water bottle i can take right now yeah i'm just i'm just going to sit down i'm going to for lack of a better term try to enjoy what i have right now be in the it's moment like yeah, exactly. And let your mind not worry about those things, but let your mind worry about something uh, maybe a little bit outside of the, your current situation. So I've always found that um, whatever endurance um, situation that I'm put into,
0: uh-huh.
1: the sooner I can get into a place of, if you will, Zen, almost yeah. medi- meditative uh, meditative state and just let my mind do its thing separate from my body the easier it is for me to endure that thing.
0: That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, You know, I have to say um, for everybody who's listening, um, Nate has, um, because of his experience in the saddle, like cycling, but also running, he's, he's, (laughs) he's helped me. Not only in terms of running, but the last number of months, I have been actually probably close to a year, I've been riding and I rode on a Peloton for a long time because it was a, a bike at a clubhouse where I lived. And, and now I have a different stationary bike. And what's really interesting is when I was riding on, that's really interesting. Actually, I'm just thinking about this out loud. So when I was riding on the Peloton, I had the commentary from the, um, the instructors, instructor i was like who's teaching the class (laughs) i had the commentary from the instructors i had the music that the instructor shows i also had the feed of all the other people who were and i always like to to see who was real time like live in the class or live in the ride writing it and i had all those factors that um that were at play for me in those rides and so Typically I would ride anywhere from 20 to like, I don't know, 30 minutes on average. The, the exceptions would be like a 40 minute ride, but it was always, it was always really challenging and tough, but that was when I was on the Peloton. But now that I'm on the stationary bike where there is like, (laughs) there's no screen, there's no instructor, there's no instructor's music. There's no feed of people that are also taking my attention what I've realized for me and you've helped me to you've helped me to to dial this in which is really interesting is I've taken the historical distractions from the peloton that I had and those were those were eliminated and I created my own playlist that um, that I not only liked but also would help get into this rhythm and I didn't have anything else from like a sensory standpoint for my vision to distract me. And so what would happen was, is I would get into this routine where I'm like, you know, I'm just going to like see how my body does. And I, because my hind parts hurt (laughs) hurt when they sit in the, when I sit in the saddle, I was like, Oh, well that's easy. I'll just like stand up. So I would like warm up for a few minutes and I still do, but then I would stand up and turn the tension up really high and I would ride to the cadence of the beat, but you know, what's super interesting, Nate, is that because I don't have like that feed of people that I'm riding against or with or whatever. Yeah. I typically close my eyes. Yeah. While sure. I ride. And that allows me to zero in my focus on the ca- on the beat. mm mm-hmm on the cadence and i'll and i'll lose it but just real quick within a matter of a few cycles of the pedals i'll get back into that and now because i can eliminate those other distractions and stay really focused on the rhythm on the beat and um and i close my eyes dude one day i rode for like an hour and 15 minutes standing up and it didn't feel like it at all did it no, it was beautiful because yeah. it was nothing I experienced when we went running. <laughs> yeah at, at all, for whatever reason. But yeah, but I I can understand and appreciate what you talked about in terms of being in the flow, being in that Zen place while exercising, because now it's like I look forward to these yeah. rides. And you know, you talked about Nate specifically taking you know the first 30 minutes or so of a ride to kind of to 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 uh tee up your body to get into this like zen place really just
1: warming warming it up and getting the uh getting the serotonin going
0: um
1: one of the one of the cool things there's a there's a chemical that our brain makes um it's called phenylethylalamine pea and that's, uh, that's a runner's high chemical. So it's not, it's not oh. the, it's not the serotonin. It's not the uh, um, uh, um, it's different than that. It's different from cortisol that's stress and whatnot, but it, it, it's got a 15 minute half-life. And so when you're running, when you're cycling, whenever you're doing anything, really kind of uh, grinding athletic, mm. it takes your body 15, 20 minutes just to start producing it. Mm-hmm. And then if you when you stop 15, 20 minutes later, it's gone, it's out of your body. Okay. Um, for wow. the most part. And so that that warm-up in, in a true sense of a warm-up, not just like, hey, I'm gonna stretch a little bit, I'm gonna run to the end of the block and back, like yeah. truly exercising your body, moving it enough to where your body starts producing producing this phenylethylalamine, um, you will get to the point where you you then are producing this runner's high chemical in your body. And that's what you really wanna strive for if you're trying to, trying to like grind things out
0: grind things out. Yeah. Are you talking like mentally or are you talking like physically? Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Either way. So one of the things that I, that I got into, uh, I've been into in and out throughout my life is that, is that hot yoga, the, the Bikram style of yoga and, okay. uh, the, the Bikram, the, the founder of Bikram, you, whether you like him or not, he's, he's a crazy, he's, you know, he's pretty crazy. He, he's done some stuff. There's a a Netflix documentary about him and whatnot, but the idea that you go into a, a, a room that is, incredibly hot and incredibly humid and for 90 minutes you essentially sit in discomfort um and you get to the point where you can enjoy that and you crave it that's a strange thing and what what you just talked about you went from cycling for 20 to 30 minutes at a time really just like if you will pounding it out like a, a, it's more of that and to me, that's more of getting aggression out, if you will. Um, and it's, it's a short-term reprieve from stuff, maybe. Yeah. But it doesn't, in, in my opinion, it doesn't do the same as a low, slow um, kind of trudge that will um, not just temporarily kind of re- relieve the, the, the pressure, but um, helps actually change you. Um, whether it's uh, uh, mentally or spiritually or physically, like there's real change that happens by grinding, grinding through it. Um, pushing so. through
0: the discomfort to get into that, that Zen place where you're, yes, um, where you're internally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you're, you're, um, you're in a place of flow. You're in a place of Zen so that you can grow. Yeah. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, that's so interesting to hear you say that because Nate, when I'm on, when I'm on the bike and I'm pedaling, like when I'm, when I'm in that place, my eyes are closed and I'm just riding to the beat all of a sudden in my head, I, 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 I'm processing and thinking on whatever, whatever issues or tasks are at hand, but also what's super interesting more than that, Nate, is that I get these dude, I have these, these aha moments where I'm like, Oh, I yeah. should try. I get these really great ideas in terms of work is concerned, or just in terms of like dealing with certain situations where it's like, I would have never come up with that on my own, but all of a sudden that's yeah. just like flowing to me. How, how do you, yeah. how do you even explain that?
1: That's, a, that's a, a, a great that's cool. It's a great point. And it's, it actually happens more often than, than you realize um, but by able to, by being able to distract yourself, um, putting your body into pain. I think that your body can process subconsciously things. Um, and um, I don't know, it's, it's a phenomenal process that, act, that it's real. It, it actually does happen. Um, one of the other things that I think that you, one of the other ways you can do that without having to go through uh, physical pain, you know, months of training to be able yeah, to yeah. get to the point where you can, you can ride a bike <laughs> or run for more than an hour at a time. Um is uh there are some a lot of things going on with psychedelics right now in psychedelic research. Okay. And um again, I don't know who if, if this is a, a, an area of, of no, just comfort give it to for, us, the podca- no, it's for the all podcast. podcast. Um, but there's a lot going on with psychedelics right now. And and one of the things that I really like is with psilocybin, the the you know, the mushrooms, magic mushrooms and whatnot. Okay. Um if you if you partake in mushrooms. Like mm-hmm. most people, when they think mushrooms, they think of hippies and you know, hearing colors, Grateful and Dead things, concerts, things and Pink
0: Floyd's, you know, laser they, shows, they,
1: and exactly. Um, and if you do a substantial amount of mushrooms, yeah, those are experiences that one has, right? Sure. But on a small level, on a they call it a microdosing level, sure. when you're taking um, less than a third of what a a, a real trip would be. Okay. Um, it's uncomfortable for your body, but your body gets to it, it. It forces your body to kind of slightly separate from your mind and you start seeing things a little bit differently. And it's a very similar thing that happens by extreme you know, by, by in endurance, uh, performance situations, running, biking, whatever those things are. And the, the way that your body reacts as it's processing the psilocybin, um, most people that, that have a quote unquote bad trip, it's because mm-hmm. they don't know, they're not understanding how to process that uncomfortableness that is going on currently in their body. And so you get, you know, you get heaviness in your chest sometimes, or your heart rate is racing and you're, you're not sure why. And if you let your mind go to a place that is uncomfortable, if you let your mind go to the pain, if you let your mind go to um, it's the same thing with running. If you let your mind think about, Hey, my, my muscles are sore, my leg, my feet totally. are whatever. Yeah. That's what, that's the, the route you'll go. But if you take your mind and you say, Hey, I can push through this. Uh-huh. I know that what I'm going through isn't, it's not, um, you know, with psychedelics, it's not real, if you will, or when you're running or, or working out that it's only temporary, that if it gets, in, you know, if it gets to the point where it's painful, I can stop. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that your mind can control. And so as you're prepping and you're, or as you're, as you're going through those situations, knowing that your mind can push through that. Yeah. And that discomfort that you're feeling currently uh-huh. it's 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 keeping you or it's, it's allowing you to separate your mind and your body and and be able to to a certain degree own them both uh-huh. and be in a space where you can kind of control them both and uh-huh. and and build from it so those experiences that you're, you're you're talking about a second ago that you're able to when you're on your bike and you've got your eyes closed And you're, you're not even necessarily consciously thinking about them. You didn't hop on your bike to think through how am I going to get through this, this difficult situation, Totally. but your mind is subconsciously keeping it there because it's on your mind. It's on your consciousness, right? And as you work through that and you've forced your body to separate a little bit from your mind your mind now has this, if you will, extra bandwidth to process other emotion, process emotion and feelings and thoughts and whatnot. Uh-huh. And it's, it's happening. Wow. Okay. Anyway, that's, that's my overall interpretation of, of what happens in those situations.
0: Well, well I, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me because I've, because I've experienced it. And it's interesting that I was, you know, am in my early forties. <laughs> that's the first time I've really experienced it. And I've played plenty of sports growing up, but, um and, spent you know since 2014 um have been in a a very consistent workout routine but never experienced what you're talking about and what's what's super interesting though is thinking about for me Nate is is thinking about okay now that i've i've um had a ride for an hour 15 minutes yeah now that i've um and and it's not just that wasn't just the one like typically now My rides are at at least forty five minutes, yeah, and you know to an hour, fifteen hour, twenty, and I'm standing up with high resistance the whole time, you know, apart from the warm up and the cool down. But I I guess what I'm what I'm trying to convey is is that even though I know that my body sometimes says ah like my calves, yeah, like ah, I'll like when I when I just start going. Um, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes into the ride, I'll stop and I'll hop off the bike and I'll stretch my calves Mm -hmm. and then I'll hop back on and boom, I'm, I'm off. And all of a sudden my physical body just does its thing in like this trance state, as you've talked about. And my mind, like I said, my mind just takes over and my, (laughs) just like what you said, my subconscious is all of a sudden in this, really great productive place where it's, ta- it's like, um, it's like an on-ramp my subconscious to my conscious mind where it's just feeding me answers. It's feeding me ideas. Yeah. It's feeding my, my conscious mind um, solutions that, or ideas that can enhance whatever, you know, whatever I'm in the middle of um, in terms of work or in terms of just life issues. And that is a remarkable that's a remarkable place to be in because of what's uh, because it really illustrates what's on the other side of the discomfort mm-hmm. that I'm feeling, right? How how can I get to that place? What's the right recipe for me? Because it's going to be different for everybody, right? Some people yeah. won't ever run. Like now that I've ran <laughs> my my yeah. half my half marathon, actually I've ran two actually and trained with. Yeah, you've been with me in, in both of those, both training and also in the race. Um, I've checked that box, but the writing has just opened this door. The discomfort from what I thought would be so horrible actually has facilitated a lot of growth. And it's been my willingness to accept and sit in the discomfort physically and really mentally to push through that. So here's my question. How do you, Nate, how do you mentally prepare yourself for, um, and and let's just take a step back from like the, the exercise component right writing running whatever but let's just yeah. let's just talk like real life whether it's you know it's uh it's parenting it's work it's uh you know engaging with partner friends whatever how, when you know something's gonna be challenging and it will present discomfort yeah and you know it will because historically it has how do you for you Nate how do you lean into the discomfort to the point of accepting it and not allowing that to um prohibit any cognitive function um etc
1: yeah that's a good question because when when you think about it um i don't know if it's a, if it's necessarily a, like a western society thing or maybe if there's a subculture um there's a there's that saying that People attribute to Jesus, which I I, I hate this. The the, the the whole I never said it would be easy, but I said it would be worth it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and and I hate that. I hate that saying. Um, one like this, there was never any of Jesus's teachings. Like he, he never he never said it like that. Pretty uh, sure he, that's not.
0: He, he didn't have a bumper sticker that, that said this. Exactly. Same
1: yeah. He inferred a few things that were similar to that, you know, uh, but he never said that. He never said it would be worth it. He, He did say what was, you know, do what he laid it out, what you should do and how you should do it right. But anyway, um, one of the things that we, we think is that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, everybody ever, not everybody thinks, but we, we believe that. And we tend to to think, you know what, Hey, this thing that I'm going through, it's going to turn out good. Um, and most of the time it does but every time you go into a situation expecting a positive result if you go in expecting the the perfect result if you if you follow if you're following the rainbow expecting a pot of gold mm. you're going to be disappointed you're going to be upset because you don't find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow totally yeah you know, no one ever has i mean except for you know the leprechauns but <laughs> you don't, you don't see that. And so if you go into every situation thinking that it's going to a perfect result and not like you set yourself
0: up, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You've got to prep yourself, expect, not, not necessarily expecting to fail, but you can't go in expecting to be perfect all the time and exact all the time. You have to be a little bit realistic about it. And being okay, maybe maybe that's the better way to say it is not not expecting to fail, but being okay to fail.
0: Okay, so, so uh, let me let me just let me just tease something yeah. on that because I think that was a really that's it's a super important point. So if I'm hearing you, what you're saying is is the idea that culturally in Western society, when we take this whole idea of like, yeah, I got to do I can do hard things because at the end of it, it'll all be that are are you suggesting because I I think I'm hearing this and I would agree with this that if we take that mentality then we're really only giving ourselves two options whether either we find the pot of gold or we failed yes
1: exactly that's not uh, reality that's not not, that's not life either right yeah and especially when you think about it from a standpoint of I'm I'm a big believer in energies and you know the 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 secret how it popped up you know a dozen mm-hmm. years ago or so and it really started to build. Then people have taken that and done all sorts of really cool stuff that um, I think as science evolves, we'll better understand what that means. But by by manifesting positive results, uh-huh. I truly believe that that can that can benefit you and it and it works. Um, but if you if you go in manifesting a a positive result and only expecting that positive result when you fail, if you fail, you're going to be devastated. Yeah. And it's hard to pick up those pieces, but if you go in and you mentally prepare that, that success, you you manifest that success, Mm -hmm. but emotionally you say, if I fail, I will get through this the the idea of the the stoic philosophers the ancient greek philosophers that that whatever happens like you'll get through this you can live under a rock you can live in sackcloth you can eat you know and you can go without eating for a week you're gonna survive this your body will survive this. as Mm -hmm. a species humans survive things the breaking up with your 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 uh your boyfriend or girlfriend or getting divorced you'll survive that yeah um, losing your job you'll survive that and oftentimes in those situations either of those things like you come out better on the other end yeah but you survive it your heart hurts your emotions hurt but you survive it right mm-hmm. and so the idea that when you get married that there's a that's a there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow it's uh-huh. not always the case it's not it's not it's not act. Sometimes you marry young and it's wrong. Sometimes you start a job in it and you're the wrong candidate or it's the wrong company. Yeah. Um, sometimes you, you're, you're studying in school and you fail an exam because the teacher had a different idea of what he was teaching than you did. It's those things that if you prep yourself, that success is the only option you will hurt. But if you prep yourself that I plan on succeeding, but if I fail, if it's things that maybe were outside of my control, or that were in my control, and I and I, I screwed up on somehow, I can recover from this. Yeah, I will be fine. That's what really helps prep you for that. That's so dialing beautiful. it back a little bit. That's right? beautiful. Dialing yeah, dialing it back. Yeah, and thinking about. So we talked most of the podcast. Most of this conversation has been about physical difficulties that that you we we put ourselves into right um most of us don't put ourselves into situations where we're emotionally uncomfortable (laughs) you know unless you're unless you're an introverted empath that that uh whose significant other loves going to to parties um (laughs) That's (laughs) that's my girlfriend's experience. (laughs) <laughs> um awesome. for the most for the most part you're not you're not putting yourself intentionally into situate, uncomfortable situations yeah um but they happen to us they just life it happens to us yes we we drop the ball we 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 have difficult times at work or in our family and home relationships and as you prep for that if you'll think about it from a standpoint of uh physically you do the work to train to get your body to to, to be ready for a situation yeah and emotionally and spiritually mentally if you are putting yourself in smaller situations or when difficult situations come through you treat them the same way you would a tougher situation yeah yeah you know you go to you you go to mcdonald's and their milkshake machine is broke their ice cream machine is broken it's going to happen right yeah if you if you lose your shit because their their totally. the ice cream machine is broken, how are you going to react when your kid tells you they they've done drugs for the first time? Yeah. How are you going to react when your your spouse inter- wants to you know ha- has a very big disagreement on on your relationship? Right, you're going to freak out the same way. Yeah, but if you if you start if you will training for those uncomfortable scenarios and mcdonald's milkshake or their ice cream machine is broken and you're like cool it is what it is i don't need a milkshake today or i can go somewhere else to get a milkshake and you're like all right that's that's life and you roll with those punches
0: you prep yourself
1: for the larger the larger thing
0: it's like letting is what i'm hearing from you it's like letting yourself off the hook from um uh an exact outcome that you have previously conceived in your head as to what you actually want versus yeah. what actually may go down. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the way that, I mean that having the proper expectation. And, and I th- again, I think that's really beautiful because there is, I mean, that, what you just described is just life. Life's just going to happen like that. But if exactly. we, if we pin this failure, this perfection or failure as, as these two alternatives to any situation, of course, everything's going to disappoint us. Everything's yeah. going to be hard. Everything's going to be challenging. And, and I would also say too, though, Nate, just thinking back to um, the, the parallel between the, um, the road, that, like running on the road with you, right? Running down yeah. Provo Canyon with you on the running trail. That was that process of actually running was the training ground for me mentally and physically emotionally to actually run uh, a half marathon right yeah and i remember you saying uh you know at the very beginning like yeah you'll, you'll you'll get to the point where you know this won't be so hard or whatever um and i remember months months into the training you're like hey i don't have as much time today we can only do this i'm like well nick that's Uh, that distance that's only five miles we can do that and you were like did you just hear what you said that's only five miles and i was like oh my gosh i did say that (laughs) that did come from my mouth right but it was the process it was the process of discomfort in the actual day-to-day running that helped me um physically and mentally and emotionally prepare for what was to come and so i i think uh, um in addition to what you shared, Nate, the the discomfort that we face in life, if we can assess, like especially if it's like a sustained period of time, right? If like, you know, I'm 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 trying to uh, I'm trying to get into a house, but there's like major, major factors in the equation to getting yeah. that that I have to sit that, that are uncomfortable, that I have to sit in, not necessarily uncomfortable, but just like fussy or a pain or inconvenient. But yeah. if I can just say, it doesn't have to be like a staples easy button. Yeah. It's going to be this process. Then my expectations, like you talked about are, are appropriately set in place so that I don't face extraordinary disappointment, but it's, it's being able to accept the fact that the process of getting to there is really the, the ultimate human experience that we're after because that's the change. That is the, um, it's the evolution. It's the growth. It's you know when we. It's like having our bones and our soul stretched yeah. in the very sinews
1: of who we are. That is what makes us human. It's it's the journey. It's the journey yes. that develops us, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like if you think about, um, <laughs> if you think about something like the, the movie or whatnot, like Apollo thirteen, right? The 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 yeah. the, the, um, the summary of that story would be some astronauts went went around the moon and came home
0: but in that in no way that's, captures that's what what
1: happens, the right? journey that happened the difficulties the process the you know the what what that forced people to do how to, people to come together and whatnot yeah. and it's the journey it's the the individual discomforts um but is also you can't forget the joys the individual successes and mm. and recognize those. It's those small wins and losses and 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 triumphs that you really that really shape that journey.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, being able to, I think for me, being able to assess day to day what my you know as as I've as I've called it in previous episodes, what my situations or situational triggers, situations that trigger really challenging emotions in me. Yeah. If I can assess the intensity of those situations, like, like getting into a house, right? I would assess that right now. It's probably like a, a a six out of 10, 10 being the most intense. Yeah. And, um, but if I can assess that day to day and make sure that I that I don't fall into the perfection or failure, the pot of gold yeah. scenario, then that helps to keep that intensity at it at a realistic level. So that the the expectation, the pie in the sky expectation, yep. doesn't intensify the intensify the, the emotional charge in that situation. Moreover, not only just assessing that situational trigger. But also being able to say, from that, I am feeling all of these emotions, right? Yeah. I'm feeling, yeah. uh, you know, j- just, just real quick, right? I'm feeling uh, challenged. I'm feeling uh, out of control. I'm feeling uh, grateful. I'm feeling curious. I'm feeling
1: uh, um, discomfort. Are you optimistic in there, man?
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah, that that is true. I am optimistic and I am excited and I am um, looking forward to it. I have anticipation, but I also know I'm feeling uh, uncomfortable and I'm feeling uh, pensive and hesitant. All those things are okay. But if I can know those emotions on how I feel about it day to day, then my experience has been is that it will be easier for me to have, like you've talked about, realistic, realistic expectations. So. The discomfort will serve me rather yeah, than the bitter taste in my mouth.
1: It's the same way when you're riding your bike and you're, you've gone in 15 minutes and you know, you need to stretch the physical things that you're feeling. You feel your, your quads, you feel your, your, your calves, you feel your feet and you know that, Hey, right now my calves are tight. I need to get out. I need to stretch, yeah. take a few minutes, recognize that my calves need some attention right now. You know, in your process going through and being able to say, hey, in my process to find a home and get into a home or whatnot, I recognize that right now, I need to take this anxiety about the need to be in the house this month and dial it back. It's not, I, I need to recognize it. I need to address it or or whatever the emotion is. I, just, sure. I, I, I definitely put words in your mouth. In there. <laughs> no, 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 they're, they're, but, but, that's, that's all but that's, Yeah, and then recognize that there are times that, you've gone an hour or so on your bike and you feel good about it and that you've gone, you've done legwork for in your quest to, to you know, get into a home you, and recognize the wins that what, even though you might not be finished, yes, you might not be at the finish line. You have, you're recognizing how far you've come in that, in that. That's situation. really, really important. That's a good, that's a very good
0: call. And, and that's also part of staying in reality. Yeah. is is there are little wins all along the way, exactly that that are important to to recognize and to own, that also get us out of the whole idea of like I got to find a pot of gold in the rainbow, otherwise it's a turd sandwich. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you you forget that you're walking through a forest, a beautiful forest, to find the end of the rainbow. And it, it, yeah, so yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Nate, where where can uh, where can people find you? I got to tell you that. That um, you've turned me on to the to the dissolvable CBD pills that I take, and I've taken them for years, and they've been phenomenal. Just in dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression. Um, where can people find you if they want to either buy product or they want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the um, the the easier ways to connect with me are on uh, Instagram. Uh, just uh, n a t a n seven two zero is my Instagram um, on LinkedIn, uh, Nathan And, um, my, my company is factory six CBD.com. Um, so awesome. in, any number of ways there, but yeah, love connecting with people. Love seeing what's going on in the world. So cool. Very cool. Well, Nate, appreciate you joining me. Appreciate
0: you offering up your, your experience and your insights. Again, this is exactly why I had John because it's just a super fruitful discussion. So for everybody who's listening, if you've heard something that really resonates with you, share this episode because this um, there's a lot of content here that's really rich that can help us just get through the day-to-day mundane stuff. So, Nate, again,
1: thank you. And thanks for time. having me, man. Yeah, this man. great. This is the, this is the longest half-hour podcast I've been on in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys.
0: Thanks so much for being here. Cheers. It was so good having you. Really glad you're here please share this episode if anything spoke to you and if you like what you heard subscribe love to hear from you also if you would like to join me on an episode to walk through any kind of situation or scenario that's been really tough and challenging in life go to grow and click on the email button and send me an email and let me know what your situation is what you'd like to talk about and what you'd like to talk through And you may be the person that I invite to join me on an episode over Zoom. And we can just walk through it based upon the skills of the episode. Thanks for being here, guys. Talk soon.